Nice. I'm back. <clears throat> so I got my spot right here. We haven't done this before, so bear with any and all strange things. So we're going to have, we guys got a mic right there, right behind you. And so this is our panel. Give them another round of applause, our little panel here. This is so interesting, <laughs> just doing this. Okay, well, uh, we're really excited. And so um, to start, I figure it's appropriate for us to just introduce ourselves. So so I'm David, you've probably seen me already here, but um, uh, go ahead and just kind of person to person, tell us who you are and how long you've been married to. Uh, so who you got here and uh, I don't know. I don't know, this is weird guys. I'm not used to having to share this space, but uh, yeah, go ahead and just from left to right here. Yeah, I'm Josh. I'm Josh Simmons and this is my wife, Sarah. We've been married for a little more than three years. We, not much more. <laughs> and we have two children. One is two and a half, and one is six weeks. Yep. <laughs> Are we going? All right. Yeah. My name is Matt. This is uh, Ellie. You guys know us from announcements about two minutes ago. Uh, we've been married for almost a year on Saturday, actually. So, <laughs> yes. Forgot my ring like normal, but I promise I'm married. So. <laughs> All right. Trust him. Trust yeah. him. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> so yeah, there they are. They are all a part of our staff as challenge, and um, well, it's just it's great to have them be a part of that. And then um, yeah, just been really cool to see their. I mean, I've been a part of. I've seen you guys' relationships uh, blossom and then go into <laughs> turn into marriage, and so it's been great to uh, witness that. From I can say from personal experience and. I think part of what we want to do here is just sort of quiz them on some of their, I guess, just experiences and any, any biblical wisdom that they have to share about just sort of relationships in general, but just love, sex, and relationships. This is kind of this broad category. And uh, uh, like Matt and Ellie mentioned, that we've been taking questions for the past two weeks from you guys. So this is all from you. So any, if there's anything weird in here, I'm, not, I'm blaming you, okay? This wasn't me, okay? So, um, uh, <laughs> so we've been taking questions, and uh, and then they've been able to kind of figure out, okay, like what's some good, I don't know, responses to this. And so, uh, we're not flying totally blind here, but um, yeah, basically we just want to answer these questions because hopefully they are, you know, these are things that are maybe on your hearts as you are going through kind of relationships, love, sex, and relationships, and everything that comes along with these kind of tricky categories that I've you know, done my best to address for the past three weeks, but it's really helpful and hopefully interesting for us to be able to hear from kind of this group of people here about these specific and interesting subjects. And so, are you guys ready? Yeah. Are you guys ready? Yeah. yeah. You guys don't have the same fire as everyone out there, but you know, yeah, you're not as loud. So I'm basically gonna just be leading us through some questions that you've uh, asked, and they're just gonna kind of answer them in maybe a conversational, maybe a particular person might wanna grab a certain question. So we're gonna just start with, uh, some of these guys are, are curious, man. What's the best way to ask a girl out? How do you do that? What's I can the handle this one, David. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, listen up now. So, yeah, best way to ask a girl out. Um, don't ask her to hang out. 
Uh, don't, you know, don't ask hangout, don't call, don't text. Like in person is really good and be as clear as you can and straightforward as you can. I feel like for both the guy, like if I've asked, you know, like Ellie out or, you know, and for her on the receiving end, like there's probably a lot of emotions on both sides and a lot of expectations. So the clearer you are as the guy of saying like, hey, I'm interested in you, I'd love to get you know you better, like on a date, like this Friday, something like that. That way the expectations, you can be really careful to make sure you're on the same page. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say as far as like asking someone out like in person is always best. And then another thing I wanted to mention that I thought of with this question is the idea of pseudo dating. I would not recommend. And what I mean by that is I've seen a lot of, like not couples, but guys and girls, like they're interested in each other. Um, maybe the guy really likes her, but she's, he's too nervous to ask her out, like whatever the reason is, but they don't like date, but they're hanging out, like going to dinners like every other night, like things like that. I would definitely recommend not doing that. It's not really setting up the relationship for success. Uh, it's going to make it more complicated in the future. So if you find yourself in that situation, I'd be careful to maybe like set some boundaries to going back to being friends or just ask her out and make it more official. I don't know if you guys have anything to add, but some yeah. takeaways for me. No, definitely. Like, I think the being clear, setting clear expectations is really helpful. Like the clear as, you, as clear as you can possibly make it, just do that because it makes everything like so much better. Yeah. I liked when he did that. It was very helpful to me <laughs> on the other end. <laughs> He said, do you want to go on a date with me on Friday? And I said, yes. So there was no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, write that down, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's good. I have nothing to add. That's great. Uh, very good. Uh, moving on. And, once, and just to clarify here, like this is, I know that this is a platform where, you know, I or somebody else might come up and talk about the Bible, you know, or like really super spiritual things. And maybe there are like some spiritual things that are part of this. But this is also just experiential and things that kind of we've just picked up along the way. And this isn't just like a hard line, but it's just helpful things, like for especially bridging the gap to the opposite sex, you know, and these just, just kind of compl complicated things that uh, can be really challenging. And so that's just a little disclaimer I forgot to add. But uh, to moving on to question number two, how did you know that this person was the one? Okay. <laughs> There's, there's two, maybe like two possible questions that could be being asked. And one of them is like, how did you find a good person? And I think we're going to talk about that a little later. But the one I, I want to address and almost like, I don't know, come at a little bit is this idea that, that there exists in the world a perfect soulmate just for you. And that if you find them, you will be completely fulfilled as long as you're in a relationship with them. That is just straight up false. Like we get that idea from so many movies and like the culture and stuff like, oh, like you just find the one and that's it. Like you've made it. And that's really relying on a person uh, for something that only God can do, which is fulfilling you. Like there's no one person in this world who can fulfill you. And the, there are some kind of problems with this idea. One, it's not biblical. Like it doesn't show up anywhere in the Bible. That's obviously one problem. Uh, I think another is that it can kind of lead you some some actions that are not helpful. Like, for instance, just as an example, like if you get married and you're like, I think this person's the one, they're going to fulfill me. And then like five years go by and they're not fulfilling you. What do you do? Were you wrong about them being the one? Like you have to be wrong about them being the one, right? So you get a divorce and move on to try and find the one. 
Like, that is so anti-biblical. Like, marriage is supposed to be for life, right? Like, you commit to another person, and you're in it until you're both, until one of you's dead. You know, that's, that's the biblical model, or both of you, I guess, if you die at the same time. Um, but yeah, like, that's, that's the biblical model, is once you find somebody, like, once you get married, congrats, you got the one. That person is your one. <laughs> like, no matter what they were for, like, now they're your one. Uh, and that's something really cool, actually, about marriage, is that when you, like, say your vows to each other, um, somehow, in some, like, spiritual sense, you actually become one before God. Like, that's a really... Like, I don't know all of what that means exactly. I don't pretend to know, but uh, that's, a, that's true. Like, that's in the Bible. And so once you get married, it's like that person is the one. I don't know if that's helpful. Do you have anything to add? <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Matt agrees. All right. <laughs> cool. Uh, right on. And moving on, number three, how can I be content while being single? Or what if I have feelings for someone and they don't reciprocate? So how can you be content while being single? So I think one thing I was thinking about, and like I've talked to lots of girls about this who've been married, is like being single isn't like a burden. Like, oh man, like my last me so much better once I'm just married. Like honestly, being single is a blessing, and I feel like you probably doesn't mean much coming from me because I'm married. Like. But someone, I think like Sarah and I or someone were talking about this, like we don't, you don't realize like when you're single, you can like go get milkshakes at midnight and like not tell anybody. Like you can spend, <laughs> or I have to ask him and be like, house. can I go get a milkshake with my friend? But it wouldn't be weird because he'd probably be asleep. Um, or like, you know, you, you have a lot more, uh, like I don't want to say freedom sounds like marriage is not fun, but like, I don't know, flexibility to do whatever you want with your life. And so like really buy that up. Like the Bible talks about, like it's actually like a blessing to be single. I think it's like First Corinthians 7, something like that. Um, maybe that's wrong, so maybe don't look that up. But um, like because you are a lot more able to serve God and to like figure out your, um, your values in life. Um, which is just really encouraging. And the other thing is like marriage isn't like the pinnacle of success in life. Um, so, and like God really wants what's best for your life. And that may not be, be me, that may not mean getting married. Like if God wants you to get married, he'll make that happen. If he wants you to stay single your whole life, he'll make that happen. And like, he's going to bless you and make you feel like if you rely on him, satisfied in whatever that ends up being. Um, for my own life, I liked Matt for like a year before we started dating and I didn't know that he liked me. It wasn't like, I didn't know where he was at with that. And I remember at one point just being like, okay, I'm just going to like choose to stop worrying about this until the fall. And if he doesn't ask me out, then I just get over him because it's not worth my time and emotions to like pine over this guy who's not asking me out because there's so much more you could be doing with your life <laughs> than like being discontent. Um, so that was a really helpful moment in my life of just like surrendering that to God. I don't know. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I guess I got a couple things. Um, I'll try to talk to you guys too because I realize you guys are looking <laughs> at my back of my head. Um, content with being single. I think for me, realizing that my first priority for like myself was to follow God and making that like a choice rather than not pursuing like a girl to date as being my number one 
that was really helpful for me to like fully pursue like my number one priority of following God and not kind of like wanting to do that, but also spending all of my time like looking for a girl to date. So I just kind of like focused on God and for me. And that was really helpful of just like deciding I'm only going to look at this for now. And then another thing I would recommend is while you're single, you can be like really helping your future relationship by working on yourself. I think like in David's talks over the last few weeks, he's talked about like finding someone that's growing, finding someone that's like, like fruit of the spirit from the Bible of like kind and serving and loving, like things like that. Like be the person that you want to date. So while you're single, really be like realizing yourself uh, with your roommates. How are you acting towards them? Are you the one taking the garbage out? Like things like that. So that way when you are dating someone, you will have already learned those things so your girlfriend or boyfriend doesn't have to get annoyed that you never take the garbage out, or, you know, like random things like that. Like you can be working like right now for your future relationship while you're single. So I would say don't, like the longer you have to work on that, the better your relationship will be. So there you go. There you go. No? Okay. Number four, why is it important that your significant other should have the same faith as you? Can I answer this? <laughs> um, well, your faith is really made up of like, or gives you a lot of the values and perspectives that you have, um, or at least it should really. <laughs> so if you say you have faith in something, it should really make up a lot of who you are because your values and perspectives make up the core of who you are. And so if you want to be in a relationship with somebody who has a different faith than you, that's really clashing because then they're going to have different values and perspectives. Um, so it's kind of like how oil and water don't mix. Um, there's going to be a lot of conflict and it's not going to be helpful for you or the other person, especially if your faith is in Christianity. Um, you know, God really talks about that in the Bible. There's actually a really helpful verse that if it's okay, I could like read it. Um, it's in Second Corinthians, and it's uh, chapter 6, verse 14. I'm going to read the message version because it's just more clear. But it says, don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? So just that kind of makes it really clear. Like, <laughs> you don't want to be full of light as a Christian and have the Holy Spirit living in you and then trying to do life and connect on a really deep level with somebody who hasn't been transformed in that way, who hasn't given their life to Jesus yet. Um, so, and even if they're maybe close, it's still not helpful because God needs to do the work in their lives first. So even if you're like, oh, but they're coming to church, but they haven't like given their life to Jesus, um, they aren't a Christian. And so um, it's still not helpful. And honestly, it might even be more confusing for that person to see you say that you've committed your life to Christ, which would mean that you've made every, or you're trying to make every area of your life, um, or give every area of your life over to Jesus, like as the Lord of your life. And if you're not doing that in your dating relationship with that person, they're going to maybe be confused. Like, well, then I don't need to follow everything that the Bible has to say. Like clearly that verse in second Corinthians specifically says, do not have a partnership. Do not be in a relationship with someone who is not uh, with Jesus yet. Well, some, some, that's, yeah, that's really good. Agreed. Um, David mentioned, like, I think it was last week, um, this idea that, like, your relationship is either 
helping you go closer to God or drawing you away from God. Um, and that's like, if you want to grow in your relationship with God, you want to be in a relationship with someone who is also pursuing God. Like that just makes sense, you know? Like um, I, th- I think that's just really important to, to remember. It's like it's either gonna stifle or grow your relationship with God. So, yeah. All right, very good. Thanks, guys. Yep, uh, so <laughs> moving on, number five. Now, what were your personal boundaries when you were dating? I got you. Um, yeah, so I set up some of these like with our when we started dating. Um, I'd actually listened to a previous talk from a challenge, like a Tuesday night, I think, with old staff, Cody and Brittany Bryan, and if any of you guys are familiar with them. But they did a talk on dating. It was really great. Something that stuck out to me that I applied to our relationship that was super helpful, it was called STEP, S-T-E-P. And those stand for uh, spiritual, time, emotional, and physical. I think David might have mentioned this a week or two ago. But it was really helpful. Basically, what that means is that there's different areas of your like relationship that matter a lot. And so just like parceling it out in those four different areas and being able to like think about them that way and set up boundaries in that way was incredibly helpful. And like for example, for spiritual, like Ellie and I did not want to become like codependent on like reading the Bible or something or following God. And that way if we had broken up, then I would not be following God. Or um, like for a time we set up just like I think a date a week and a hangout a week or it's more like a non-formal, just watch TV, work on homework, something like that. So we weren't spending every single evening together. Um, and then like emotional, we weren't coming into each other with like everything of our deepest, darkest like secrets and struggles and whatnot. And, and then physical, we had different boundaries, like um, not being in a home like alone together, trying not to be on a date somewhere like past midnight, um, things like that, that would just be really helpful for us, for the relationship that we decided that we wanted. And I think a big part of this was uh, we wanted to put God first in our own lives. And so setting these boundaries really helped us to keep that true. If we didn't have a lot of those boundaries and just tried to uh, just like go with it, see how it goes like every day and you know, whatever it might be, I think it would have been a lot harder for us to um, like work on those different areas and keep pursuing God the way we did. And another part of that like step principle is that if you um, like go too far in like one of those areas, it kind of pulls the others along with it. And that was like a really helpful thing for me to understand of why it was so important to have boundaries and why those boundaries were important. Because if we didn't have a boundary on time and we saw each other for like six hours a day, we were always eating meals, like hanging out at night, like after challenge events, things like that, like man, I would probably like be super invested in her like emotionally, we'd probably be a lot more tempted like physically with like just those different areas purely from the amount of time we're spending together um, or vice versa, you know, like with any of the other areas, if we had been like sharing things that were way too personal, way too fast, maybe you guys have experienced this, you just get like way too close and attached to some person and that's not actually helpful for determining if that's uh, maybe like who God wants you to be with or something like that because you're so like connected to them already in an unhelpful way. Um, so yeah, that was something that was really helpful for me for our, like setting our boundaries was that step principle mm-hmm. and just talking it out with Ellie and uh, making sure that like what we both wanted like priority wise was like we wanted to seek God first and then mm-hmm. us like second and then kind of pick our boundaries from there. What made sense? Just to add briefly to that, Matt and I started dating our sophomore year of college, which meant that we had at least two years to pace these boundaries over. So, like, if you're a freshman and you just start dating, you probably have a long time. So that's just a helpful, like, thing that I think you did a good job of factoring into our relationship of, like, 
okay, if I can get married next year, great, my boundaries can look different than someone who's a freshman dating another freshman who doesn't want to get married till after college. So that is another thing. All right, very good. Yeah, yeah, okay, right on. <laughs> who's, who's next? Okay, right on. Yeah, and so uh, number number next. <laughs> how do you go? Uh, how do you go about clearing up your relationship with a significant other? I like this question a lot. This is a good question. Uh, something you should actually look for when you're dating is someone you can forgive quickly and easily and someone who can forgive you quickly and easily. Because once, like, if you get married, you're together, like, all the time. And things come up, like I can say, I do things that are frustrating. <laughs> yes? Yeah. You, let me just tell you, you do things that will frustrate the person you marry. Like, I can say that with, like, 99.5% confidence, right? Like, and so clearing up the relationship is really important. You want someone who can forgive you really quickly and easily. Um, we like probably clear our relationship up probably every day. Yeah. Yeah. Just and, and as far as like, what is it like? How do you go about, so like, if you want some steps, I guess th this is kind of more like general principles of clearing up relationships, but it also applies to dating relationships, to marriage, any relationships, right? Um, one is just acknowledging, like recognizing and acknowledging when you do something wrong. Like if I'm speaking in a harsh way, I'm not speaking in a harsh way because of something Sarah did. Like, I'm choosing to be harsh, and that's different. Like, you know, I'm not trying to pass the blame. So acknowledging that and saying, like, hey, I, I did this wrong. Uh, will you forgive me? Instead of, like, hey, I'm sorry that I was speaking harshly, but you were just doing something really annoying. <laughs> so whatever you want to do about that, you know, like, that, that's totally not helpful. But just saying, hey, like, I did this. It was wrong. Will you forgive me? And letting the other person deal with, like, if they did something wrong, you know, you can tell them, hey, like, this hurt my feelings. You know, and they'll, they'll, they're going to apologize because as, if you're in a relationship with them, hopefully they like you. That's like a base, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, you, you want to be doing that, like, consistently. Mm -hmm. if, you are, if you say something or do something that offends them, you want to apologize. And so mm -hmm. doing it a lot, doing as much as you can, like, it really makes the relationship enjoyable. I think that's been a, a huge blessing for us. True. And I would I would add that you want to do it as quickly as possible. So once you have recognized that you've made a mistake or even that you're really hurt by something that they did or said, um, don't maybe speak too rashly or too quickly in your um, upset feelings. But, you know, take however much time you need, but also don't take too long um, because even if it's a really hard conversation to have, like even if it is somewhat emotional and uncomfortable because you're like oh, well, I'm sorry that I did these things. Will you forgive me? That's hard to say sometimes and be humble in that way. But it's better to clear it up as quickly as possible, um, especially before the day is done, unless it's like, well, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, anyway, that's just a, been helpful for us to do it as quickly as possible. So that it's not just like lingering in the air and like, oh, I'm still thinking about that thing, you know, just just have the conversation as in person, especially um, whenever, as quickly as you can. Yeah, I really liked what Josh said about like forgiving quickly, like finding someone that can forgive easily. That's way more important than finding someone that maybe like doesn't upset you as much. 
Like if you're just like looking for the person that you're never gonna have to clear something up with, like good luck, you're, you're not gonna find him. Spoiler alert. So that's why it's like so important that that like character quality of being able to you know be humble and to ask for forgiveness is so important. So yeah, that's good. Colossians three thirteen is a good verse about that. You can can if you're taking notes, you can write that down next to this one. You don't even get to know what it says. You just have to look it up. That's, that's, that's homework, guys. All right. <laughs> Next up. Uh, number seven, how do you come back from crossing a boundary that should have been only for marriage? I can share. Um, if any of you can relate to this question, um, I just want to first start by saying that if you have committed your life to Christ, then you have the forgiveness of God. And so um, I just want to start by saying that. Um, but you do need to, once you've identified that you have sinned and made a mistake, um, you do need to have that conversation with God and ask for his forgiveness, even though you know you have been forgiven because Jesus paid for all of your sins already on the cross. You still do need to um, confess it to God and um, let him know that you want to turn away from that now and that you want his help moving forward out of that mistake and that sin. Um, so that's a that's how you actually come back from it, is just being repentant and accepting God's forgiveness. Um, something that I had a really hard time with when I first became a Christian was like, if I made a mistake, especially a big one, I just would like get so upset to myself, like, oh, woe is me, like I'm the worst, I deserve punishment. And that's really easy to do, especially, um, I don't know, maybe it's not only as new Christians, but I don't know, just like it's easy to really feel that guilt and the enemy really wants us to feel guilt and shame about what we've done, but God does not. And so having that self-pity is actually very prideful because it's thinking that you still deserve punishment even though God has said it is done, it's finished. So that's just kind of a side note there. So yeah, the first thing you would need to do is ask God forgiveness and ask forgiveness from the person that you have hurt because it involves being in a relationship. Um, and, and then I would also say um, uh, that it's going to have natural consequences, especially if it's a sexual sin, um, because that has created a bond between you and the person. Um, and so like David was talking about uh, two weeks ago. And so that's a really helpful message to listen to. But um yeah, if you've already kind of gone there, even not fully, but any any boundary crossing, um, just know that you will experience hard things, even though you are free and once you have moved on in the freedom of Christ. But just, just be aware of that um, and don't think that it's going to be perfect from then on out. Um, but God is really gracious and really wonderful, and he will help you if you just trust him and ask for his help. And then I would also really advise... Um, having that one person to talk to. So the person discipling you, hopefully you have someone like that. And if you don't, I would look for someone that you can trust and really talk to who's um, a little wiser and a little farther along than you. And just be willing to be open and honest with them. Tell them that you have messed up and that you need their help and advice and their accountability because you're not supposed to do life alone. God has created life for relationships. And so and, but if you're just trying to figure it out between you and your partner, your significant other, it's probably not going to be helpful because you're both having, pro well, maybe, I'm assuming 
we would probably both be having a hard time moving forward in that and choosing to go God's way. And so you need someone else to hear what's going on, how you're dealing with it, what's hard for you, and uh, keep you accountable to move forward. Um, yeah, does anybody else have any other things? <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, that's great. Okay, very good. Uh, next, how do you know that someone is good to marry? I think, I think this is like the other side of the right. the one question. This is the good part of the one question, right? Yeah. Um, how do you know if someone's good to marry? I can I can talk about. Um, I think there's some really good things to look for, like in scripture. Um, Ephesians 5 has a lot of good stuff on, on like the roles of husbands and wives. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. And these are all like qualities that you want to see in somebody, right? Like you, you want to kind of, you want to hang around them for long enough that you get to know them and see the qualities they have. And if they're meeting a lot of these things or growing in a lot of these things, it's like, yeah, they're good, you know? Also, again, the foundation is you like them. You want to like the person you marry, and you want to be attracted to the person you marry. So, like, even if someone's, like, perfect from a, like, oh, man, they're meeting all these biblical standards point, but you're, like, not attracted to them, don't get married. That would be really dumb. Like, <laughs> please don't do that. Make sure you're attracted to the person you marry. Um, yeah, so there's some biblical principles you can look for. And something I, I, I heard an analogy one time. Actually, I was talking to uh, Neil Walker. He's the director of Challenge at USC. And I was saying, hey, Neil, like, I'm thinking about marrying this girl, this girl. And I was like, what, what should I be looking for? Like, do you have any advice for me, like, as I approach this? And what he said was like, well, dating is kind of like a plane, like waiting to land in an airport, like circling the airport, you know? And landing is marriage, all right? That's the, that's the analogy here. And so what you're doing is you're circling, is you're waiting for green lights, you're waiting for go signs from the tower, right? And so as you're circling, you're just kind of looking like, all right, we're going on dates, we're hanging out, I'm, I'm seeing her ministry, I'm seeing how she interacts with people. Like, oh, she's really kind, that's a green light. Oh, she loves God, that's a green light. Oh, she treats, you know, like there, there are things you look for in scripture, those are green lights. And if you see like a yellow one or a red one, it's like, all right, like, I probably need to circle for a little bit longer. Like, that doesn't mean you're just like, oh, no, break up. You know, like, we're not doing It's like, no, just keep circling and see if something changes. You know, like, you, it's okay to keep waiting and see if you want to marry somebody. And so that, that was just a really helpful analogy for me because it's like, oh, I can just hang out and, like, watch. And keep get, if I keep getting green lights, then, yeah, I'm going to go for it at some point. And if I don't, then I can figure it out. But thankfully, it was, it was good with, with her. So, yeah. That was a really helpful analogy for me. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> They're having a good time. <laughs> this is really enjoyable. Okay. Ooh, and so uh, moving on, not as fun, but sorry. How do I deal with jealousy? I have thoughts about this. <laughs> because I deal with jealousy sometimes. Um. I'm assuming, if I'm wrong, and this is your question, please come clarify to me. I'm assuming this is implying like, like you are upset about how your boyfriend or girlfriend is interacting with someone of the opposite sex, something along those lines. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm gonna like, what I'm thinking about in my head. Um, first off, I feel like if there's any confusion, like jealousy is bad. You shouldn't. If you're feeling jealous, that's a signal that you need to like 
fix something either in your heart or in your relationship and you need to really like spend time in prayer to God, like asking for forgiveness for having, for dwelling on that um, thought because jealousy is not something that's from God. Um, and also like for me, I've, when dealing with this, like spending time evaluating, like why do I feel jealous? Like did something happen between like, did something actually happen? Like what happened? Um, is what happened actually bad? Like, did it actually cross boundaries? Do I have, like, unrealistic expectations? Is this just a lack of trust? Like, maybe things are unclear. Like, I thought something happened, but, like, it really didn't. But I just am assuming the worst of that person. Um, I don't know, things like that. Like, evaluating, like, where your thoughts are at and what the actual, like, facts are that you know. And then from there, like, if it's something, like, for example, your boyfriend went out to dinner with some other girl than you, like, that would be wrong. Like, you know, like, I feel like no matter, like, I'm just going to say, like, that is, like, crossing a boundary because, like, spending one-on-one -on -one time is, like, something you do within a dating relationship. Um, so that's something that you would want to, like, talk to your your boyfriend about if you're a girl um, and bring up, be like, hey, like, I don't like that. Can we talk about that? Um you know? <laughs> and then the other category and the other camp that I more live in is like, nothing's ever wrong. Like Matt has never done anything that is worth, <laughs> that is worth me feeling jealous about. But I just tend to feel like based on my own insecurities and my own lack of trust and not being willing to like give him the benefit of the doubt or like believe the best in him, like silly thing, like little things will, lead to that jealousy, um, and that's completely on me. So dealing with that insecurity and putting my like hope in God and recentering my heart on God, um, even just coming out of an approach of like clarifying, like, did this happen? And usually it's, no, what are you talking about? That's clearly not what happened, um, is like really, really helpful rather than just like being wrapped up in those feelings of jealousy. Um, I don't know, does that make sense? Do you have any thoughts? Sounds pretty good. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm done. Sorry. Okay. So yeah, I can I can share a little about this. Um, I guess something that, yeah, something that with with our dating specifically, as I was asking Sarah out, mm -hmm. I knew that there were other people also who wanted to ask her out, <laughs> and that definitely led to some like. <laughs> Uh, like I don't want them to do that, <laughs> you know. Like, the, like that feeling was definitely there. It's like, dude, like I want to ask her. Like I don't want anyone else to try and date her because I want to date her. And um, you know, there's there's like, yeah. What, I think the good motivation was like, oh, I want to date this girl, so I was like, I'll ask her out sooner than them, and that was fine. But, um, but the other side of that is like, I was acting and like thinking as if I was already in a leading relationship. Or I, I was acting a thing as if I had a claim on Sarah, which is like obviously bad, right? Like, do do you guys understand? Like that that's bad. You like even like when you're when you're not dating someone, you have no claim on them. So if you're like hurt by somebody asking someone else to date, that's your problem. It's not their problem. Like, that's you being jealous. Um, because if you want to date the person, like you can just ask, and if they tell you no, that needs to be fine. Like, you know. Um, and so just from a like pre-dating thing, it's like, oh yeah, like you, you don't have a claim on the person. And like even after you're dating, um, you know, there's there's a sense of like 
you don't own the person. Like that, that person is not like, you know, only yours all the time, like, mar like in marriage, right? So like Ellie's saying, like there, there's a balance there. Like, yeah, there's some commitment because you're, you, you know, you're dating your boyfriend and girlfriend. Like there is some commitment, but it's not the same as being married, you know? Um, so just having an accurate read on where you're at in that and trusting God, like, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't get to date someone, it's okay. Like God's, God's got you. You're going to be all right if you're not able to date somebody. Yeah. I have just one quick thing. You just want to think the best of that person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. Very good. <laughs> please, please don't drop it. Please don't drop the mic. All right, we're we're moving along. I I got two more questions here. We're, we're kind of running out of time, but should we just? Are we good? Like, do you guys? Yeah. This, yeah. this is keeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's got plans. <laughs> okay, number next one. Uh, how do you work on putting God first in a relationship instead of each other? This is my biggest problem. So I have some thoughts. I mean, Matt's just really cute, so you know I, I like him, and that becomes a problem. <laughs> but I think honestly, like, we're so like working on putting God first in your relationship. Like, you know, like they always say, the first step is you gotta recognize the problem, which is like true. Like normally, I go for a long time without recognizing the problem, and someone like. Sarah disciples me, so like Sarah or Matt or someone would be like, I think you're doing this. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's why I feel so emotionally out of my mind because I'm putting like Matt on this pedestal of like all of my feelings and like things throughout the day are affected by him. So like if Matt is in a bad mood, I'm in a bad mood. If Matt like is sick, I feel sick. Uh, not actually, but you know, like... <laughs> Like to some extent, like everything goes out of the out the door whenever Matt's on the pedestal in my life. And usually, another way I recognize this is like if most of my thoughts are revolving around like, ooh, like what what's Matt doing? What's Matt thinking about me? Like, what? How can I get like what I want from Matt? Like, why isn't Matt doing this thing for me? Like, that's when I realize that that's not, not putting God above Matt. So. Um, in order to combat that, though, I think the first part of it is, like, for me, is, like, a perspective shift. So rec instead of thinking, like, what can I get from Matt in this situation? Like, what can Matt do for me? Like, shifting that to a reliance on God. Like, how can I depend on God for what I want? Um, like, things like that. And then, you know, out of that comes a desire to serve Matt rather than, like, try and just get things from him. Um, and then another thing that I was thinking about is like, if you look at the way you spend your time, like a good way, a good like indicator of this is like, if you're spending every day with your boyfriend or girlfriend, but you're not having a quiet time, like you're gonna be doing this. You're gonna not be doing this the way you want to be. Um, Cause you'll be spending objectively more time with your boyfriend or girlfriend. So you need to almost just like, like if you, put God first even in your schedule and in the way you spend your time and where you put your thoughts and your focus um, and where you get your your energy from, um, that's going to set you up for a lot more success than if you're spending all your time with your boyfriend and girlfriend. I feel like this connects to what I mentioned earlier about setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. I feel like boundaries are a good way to really look at your relation, your current relationship now and see like what's going on and then adjust boundaries if needed. It's like, yeah, I am 
like putting this person first and we do hang out all the time, like, yeah, then maybe work on a boundary for that. Very good. Thanks, guys. I got one more. I got, I, we saved a juicy one kind of for last, all right? So is it okay for me to use a dating app as a Christian? Is it good or bad? <laughs> yes or no? Oh, boy. I think I can answer this one. Um, from my perspective, I would not recommend a dating app. Is it, like, wrong? I don't know if it's wrong. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's wrong, but... Is it maybe most helpful? I would say maybe not, and here's some reasons why. Either they're weird, you're weird. <laughs> All right, so number one, maybe they're weird. Like you just do not know someone as well on a dating app as you do in person, right? Like you might even spend so much more time like getting to know someone via texting like hours every day. You're sharing like every thought you have that day with them. And then you're going to something like this, you know, having that conversation, hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. And then you're texting that one person like way more. But the truth is like you don't see that person, uh, you know, like their character, how they are in person, how they treat others. Some really important things like that that you just like can't know that you can by getting to know someone first in person. Um, number two, maybe you're weird. What I mean by that is you know, maybe you've had some like relationships and maybe you struggle with jealousy, right? You're just like always getting super jealous when you see them like wave to like a girl or to a guy and then it just like has that hold on your relationship and then it doesn't work out. If you think that like it can't work, you know, when you're having those like in-person relationships, so you'll try meeting someone on a dating app to fix that. Like you might like text them and you can like obviously form your words the way you want over text and it's easier to do that. But ultimately, like, even if it's a week or, like, two months of doing that and then see them, seeing them in person, like, you're still going to be, like, having that character flaw or being too jealous, you know, with them. So maybe, like, you might need to, um, you know, like, work on something in, in person, you know, and not worry about, like, oh, the problem must be this, so dating app will fix it. Like, maybe kind of looking in and seeing what you can work on could be helpful. And lastly, like, from a faith perspective, I would say, like, if you're a Christian, like, wanting to date someone with the same faith as you, it's so helpful to be in person, you know, seeing how people treat others, how, like, you know, maybe they have a verse on their Instagram bio, like, that's great and all, but, you know, like, is that really, like, the extent of their faith, or are they, like, really pursuing God? Not that it's bad to have that on your bio, but if that's the only thing that makes you a Christian, that's probably not the thing that makes you a Christian. Um, yeah, so like really seeing people in person, like how they act around others, are they really serving God? Things like that. Um, those are just some thoughts I had when thinking about this question of like, can you get all those from a dating app? I would say no. And so that's why I like wouldn't recommend it, but I wouldn't say it's like a sin or anything to use the app, but I really do think it's helpful for a variety of reasons to um, focus on just the people around you in life. And yeah, that's kind of my thought. I don't know if you guys have anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So don't be weird. Don't don't talk mm -hmm. to other weird people. Yeah, that's right. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of what Matt's talking about, it's like one thing I mentioned last week is being a community. And so being in the same community as the person that you are dating is kind of really valuable because it probably means that you're you're hearing some of the same stuff, maybe from like at this stage or whatever. And it's like you there's some shared values and understanding perspectives like, like Sarah's talking about. And so uh, that's just really valuable to have in common with another person because, uh, and then another thing too, that uh, if you're kind of, you have the internet between you and them, it's like there's this, there's this barrier, you know, and you can put your best face forward, you know, and you can show them the best qualities of yourself when you are behind a screen 
And so that's part of why the in-person element is so important, like what Matt's saying. So that's just some other little tidbits. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's all we got, I think. Any, any closing, I don't know, <laughs> plan this. Close, closing remarks, you know? Uh, if there's anything we didn't answer, I mean, feel free to talk to anyone yes. up here. You know, if it's something personal you want to just talk to one of us or like a couple, like I think all of us would love to get that time with you guys. I'm super experienced in marriage, you know, yes, tons right. of years. So. Yeah, yeah, right. So I mean, so that's the thing. Like, all of us up here, you know, we're still like, we haven't been doing this for decades necessarily, but it's like, this is just some of the stuff we've learned. Maybe it's helpful to you. Maybe it's not. And if there is something like exactly like Matt's saying, you know, if there's a question, then and you want to maybe you should ask one of these folks afterward, or maybe even set up some time to, you know, to connect with them just to kind of understand things more. And then too, yeah, if, if somebody is, you know, mentoring you or discipling you or some way, that's another person that you can kind of be processing some of these things with. And so that's all for that. Let me, let me pray to finish this time and then we'll move on uh, to the rest of the, the a brief rest of the night. Well, Father, we just thank you for just the gift of being able to relate to each other, relate to uh, just the people of God, and just the the unique enjoyment of just and, and thrill really of just getting to know uh, somebody to try and just learn more about them and to pursue marriage in a healthy way in ways that you have uh, enabled for us to do. And so, just thank you for this opportunities these opportunities we have. I pray that we wouldn't use our freedom in that as an opportunity for the flesh, as your word says, but that we would just make sure to do our best to honor you, to glorify you in all of our relating to the opposite sex in relating to uh, people, um, all, all people around us. And so I pray that you would take these truths, these words from tonight, and just help us each to understand a specific individual way that this applies to us so that we can move on from here, uh, just equipped for uh, every relationship to follow um, in our lives. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen.